Yo dudes, what's up? How's your week been? Hope it's been awfully good to you again. Um, and hey, you know how I was saying last week how uh, it looked like we might not be getting out for any more rides, how it looked like November 23rd could actually be the last day of the year? Well, I was wrong. I was dead wrong because on the Saturday there was a pretty big thaw. So, it was all systems go for us for our ride to the Ohira-san Shrine in Asari on Sunday. Great ride. Uh, one thing about the shrine actually, I'm not really sure of which pronunciation is correct, whether it's Ohira-san Shrine or uh, Taihei-san Shrine. I heard just this evening from a student of mine that Ohira-san Shrine could be the Kunyomi and Taihei-san could be the Onyomi. You know how the there's with kanji there's the Onyomi, Kunyomi thing. Kunyomi thing is kind of the, the Japanese way of reading things. And the Onyomi is the original Chinese way. Um, well, it looks like maybe it should properly be read as uh, Taihei-san Shrine. And we'll get into why a little bit later because it's it's a lot older than it than I kind of thought originally um, but yeah so we did our annual pilgrimage to the Taihaizan shrine in Asari it turned out to be a much more interesting event than I thought it was going to be because of of the history of the place that I had no idea about and I'm super happy I got to look into and, and research about what's up with with the the history of the area it, it really really interesting but anyway we'll get into that a bit later so like i said there was enough of a thaw of all the snow that actually really continued this week the weather's fucked isn't it i mean it's been raining it was actually warm at one point this afternoon after all that snow last week but yeah, thought out enough. So, you know, we met up at uh, Tane Station uh, just after 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. When, when there is kind of snow on the ground and things, you don't want to start too early because you want to give it a bit of a time to thaw or, or at least get soft so you're not riding on any hard pack or anything like that. So yeah, we met up. I met up with my English friend up at uh, just after 10 o'clock at Tane Station, you know, me coming from Ishikari, uh, him coming from Sapporo. So it's a good meeting place when you're heading out to uh, Otaru. Super easy ride, you know, we go through uh, Zenibako, up the Zenibako Hill along Route 5, over the Hariusu Toge, and just down into uh, Asari. And, you know, down to Asari Station, where the shrine is located. But with there still being snow, there was definitely some treacherous spots. But if you're careful, you're fine. You know what I mean? Like, there's places where, you know, buildings cast shadows or, or forests cast shadows. So the snow doesn't get a chance to melt. But it was, it was fine. It was fine. Again... A couple of sketchy spots, but no problemo. And the whole day, with riding to Asari for me, the whole day is only about 66 kilometers. Uh, so it's not 
it's not too hard. You know, after a season of, you know, doing the 100-kilometer rides and, and lots of hard climbing, 66 kilometers with the Hariyusu Toge, not bad at all. But, as always, you know, that Zenibako hill is, is something else. <laughs> now, let's talk about, uh, just a little bit about the Asari Station. Asari Station, which is down right on the Sea of Japan, right at the water was uh, opened on November 28th in 1880. It was built uh, just as a flag stop uh, located on the Hakodate main line. And this area is really, really interesting. Um, I have never understood why it's so popular with Asian tourists, Chinese tourists, Southeast Asian tourists, they, it, it's, it's such a nothing area. There's really nothing there. It, well, except the <laughs> Taizan Shrine. But there is the station. There's, you know, a couple of houses there. People do live there. It's got some hilly, windy roads that go down to the water that, that are pretty interesting. But, I mean, it's not like there's million-dollar mansions or gorgeous uh, cobblestone walkways or, or, or anything like that there. But it, there's a beautiful view of Otaru across Ishikari Bay. There's, I guess, a pretty good view of Ishikari as well. But it's never a place I would have considered a, a tourist attraction. And yet, without fail, there are always Chinese East Asian tourists taking pictures along the water, taking pictures of the station, and I never understood it until now. It turns out that it's actually a very, very popular uh, movie location. Apparently, a lot of Chinese dramas, Chinese movies, use Asari Station and the, the, the area as a shooting location for movies. There's all kinds of uh, love, romance, uh, comedies, dramas. They use the... In winter, that area gets just dumped on with snow. And it's so secluded that it really looks remote and desolate. And, and I guess if they're shooting a, a movie that calls for that, it, it is the perfect place. So, you know, all the Chinese tourists, they're actually visiting movie locations that's why it's so popular and and that's actually why uh, otaru is so popular as well with all the southeast asian tourists because uh like the um what's it called the music box store has been used as, as a as a backdrop setting for dramas and, and and movies anywhere all across asia so you know, you see people taking pictures of the buildings and they're, they're not just taking pictures of the buildings because they look nice. They're actually visiting movie sets and it's pretty cool actually when you when you look at it like that. I, I, I never realized that that's why it was such a popular area. I mean, yeah, it's a beautiful area, but the reason there are so many Asian tourists is because they've all seen these they've all seen these places in their uh, dramas and movies and, and want to come visit. 
One of the movies I found uh, that is super popular was called uh, a Chinese movie called Cities in Love. And it was pretty cool because um, at one point they're sitting on this bench at the station and the actual, the reality of that scene is it's nothing. It's just a bench in the middle of nowhere. But the, the boyfriend in the scene comes over with these Starbucks looking coffee cups. And I was watching this and I'm like, oh man, yeah, no, this is, yeah, okay, movie magic because there ain't nothing remotely close to a Starbucks in that area. There's just nothing there. It was kind of interesting to see because I, I'd just been there and to see what movie magic had done to the, the area. It was pretty cool. Well, one other thing we did see. I don't know if any of you have seen these pictures on my Facebook or, or Instagram. But did you see the guy who built his driveway on stilts over the back of his house? My God. If you haven't, let me just try to paint this picture for you. This guy, this DIY master. So... He's obviously got no space for a driveway, but he built this concrete slab over the back of his house with two um, stilts on a diagonal angle into the wall of this riverbank. So his house is on top of a riverbank and he's built this concrete slab with concrete stilts over the river and that's his driveway. He had his car reversed onto this parking spot. Like, whoa, dude, are you sure? I mean, but I guess it's got to be all right because it looks like it had been there long enough and it looked like it had survived for quite a few years. So it had obviously survived like the 2018 Hokkaido earthquake. So, man, I don't know. I guess it's good to go. <laughs> that was quite quite the sight to see. It is an... Okay, yeah. So, Asari, it is an interesting place. And the area is quaint, I guess you'd put it, with all the little fishing shacks along the water. But, yeah, it wasn't really meant to be anything until it started becoming a, a, a movie shooting location. Another thing I, I saw about it... You, um, is it was actually a, a video location, a promotion video. Sorry, in Japan they're called promotion videos. You know the band uh, Death Cab for Cutie? They're an American band. Really, really cool music. I didn't realize this, but they shot a lot of... Well, they shot some of the video for their song I Will Possess Your Heart. I'll see if I can add a, a YouTube link to the show notes. But yeah, Death Cab for Cutie has this video of a woman traveling the world and, and they shot footage for their video in London, uh, Paris, Frankfurt, Tokyo, Hokkaido, uh, Asari, Tunis, Carthage, Bangkok, Siem Reap, uh, Phnom Penh. It's a really, really cool video and a great song. But I had no idea how... I mean... How they ever came across Asari is um, really wild. I mean, that 
location scout was on the ball, man. But yeah, all kinds of stuff that uh, people are using Asari for. So yeah, that's one mystery solved. Why are there so many Chinese and Southeast Asian tourists around Asari Station and along the water? Because, again, movie locations. But I actually, I also heard a lot of the locals do not like all the tourists being there because they, they like wander into their backyards trying to get Instagram pictures and I don't know, it's, I guess it's kind of a weird vibe that people don't really realize that along the water, along the, the Sea of Japan, that that's actually private property they're walking on. I mean, yeah, nobody would really like appreciate that, would they? Nah, so, yeah. But anyway, we, we do our tourist things, you know, we take our pictures at the station uh, and then we make our way along to the shrine. Really interesting little place. So we get to the shrine, you know, we throw our 100 yen coins, clap our hands, ring the bell, say a prayer for safe riding next year. And this year I got myself a sugary can of milk coffee. A great ride there. And the snow, Asari, near the station, was, was pretty full on because it didn't melt. Because I guess that whole area kind of sits in the lee of the hill. So the snow doesn't really melt there. And climbing out of that area is pretty steep. It's short. It's a short climb. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty steep. It's awesome. It's a great area. And of course, you know, the whole Asari area is, is really nice as well. You know, they've got, there's the famous Asari Onsen. There's uh, Asari Ski Hill, which I really like. And if I go snowboarding this year, Asari's probably going to be my go-to hill. I mean, it's only fourth, well, only. This year, with all the ski hills having jacked up their prices, like Taine, a four-hour pass at Taine this year is 5,000 yen. A day pass is 6,600 yen. But at Asari, a four-hour pass is 4,000 yen, with a day pass being 4,500 a lot more reasonable. Uh, it's really a shame how expensive all the ski hills are, are jacking up their prices. So Asari looks like the most affordable for me anyway. I mean, I don't have a season pass anywhere, but 6,600 for a day pass, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be spending any time at Tene. I, I'd love to, because, you know, a couple of really good friends hang out there and that's where they do their thang but i don't know with asari being so much cheaper it could be the go and i yeah asari is not niseko or, or anything like that but it's got some gorgeous views especially from the top um when you look straight down the view the scenery of the sea of japan with the ski hill in front of you ooh, that's a dandy and of course you know for cycling the asari area it's great. There's the Asari Dam, the Asari Toge, which are, are really, really nice places to climb. You know, the, plus, if, if you're not cycling, the Asari Dam has some really nice walking trails. The, the, the walks around the lake are, are really nice, especially in fall. If you catch the fall colors, beautiful place to be. I like cycling up the... Asari Toge from the Asari side. Uh, 
It's steep and there are switchbacks. It's a very, very challenging ride. But I think all in all, it's a shorter climb. So then, I mean, just sailing uh, down through, you know, past Koksai Ski Hill and sailing down into Jozanke from that area, I, I think it's easier getting home because even though it's a steeper climb going from the Asari side, I think overall you're climbing less because if you go up from the Jozanke side, I mean, once you hit Makomanai, Makomanai Park in South Sapporo, you, you kind of start climbing from there. So, I don't know. It, it's a toge either way, but I, I think I prefer going up from the Asari side and enjoying the long, lazy descent. So, Asari's got lots of really interesting things all, all around. And here's what kind of fascinated me this time is... Okay, there's a dude, there was a guy, long time ago, the man's name was Mizumi Jozan, and this guy was an ascetic monk, and he apparently established the Ohira-san shrine, or, or the Taiheizan shrine. Now, let's go with Taiheizan, and here's why, because this, around the time this dude, Mizumi Jozan, Around the time he established the shrine, which is supposed to be 1866, it would have been called Taiheiza. He wouldn't have used kind of the modern Japanese reading of Ohira-san shrine. So, I think it's probably correctly Taiheiza. Now, this dude, Mizumi Jozan, this is pretty cool. I, I really found this interesting as it's such an important link in the history of, of Hokkaido. So that's where this Asari shrine, this Asari ride, it might seem like something simple and, and not the most interesting place in the world. But once I found out this history about the place, it was just, whoa, that is super cool. I <laughs> Cool. For those of you out there who think history is cool, this was good. So this guy, Mizumi Jozan, was born in 1805 in Okayama Prefecture, which at the time would have been called Baizen Province. You know, he was the son of a monk at one of the famous temples, shrines down there. But anyway, the dude moves up to Hokkaido when he's 46. So that would have been, what, 1851. The guy's an ascetic monk who also, you know, practices Shugendo. Shugendo being the path of training and testing. So, you know, and as he's an ascetic monk, you know, he's hanging out in the woods. He's living at the base of trees. He's, you know, he's practicing self-discipline, trying to achieve a higher state of being. You know, probably wearing rags, eating off the land. One of those dudes, a hermit, if you will. Which, isn't there just something so attractive about that kind of life? You know, living in the forest, living in the wilds, meditating, hanging out in caves. <laughs> Dropping out of society all together. Doesn't that sound good? No? 
Maybe. <laughs> I, there are some days, don't you just feel like you wish you could just go off and live in the woods? Just go off and live in the mountains and just sit down. Uh, yeah, I do. Oh, hey, and by the way, the polls in from the traffic tickets from last week, and I don't know if you guys are lying or not, but two-thirds of you who voted have never had a traffic ticket. <laughs> Come on, honestly, really? Never? You've never had a traffic ticket? Yeah, okay. Thanks for voting, though, anyway, people. So, anyway, there's this dude, Mizumi Jozan, hanging out in the woods, and he establishes the Taiheizan Shrine, where we go. Now, the building, again, there's pictures up on Instagram of it. The building obviously hasn't been there since 1866, but apparently he carved the stones inside uh, that are kind of the basis for the shrine. So... It's pretty cool that this dude did this. And he kind of lived in the Hariusu area. And I'm actually kind of wondering if he had anything to do. There's another shrine in the woods. So if you are cycling or driving out of Otaru, and just before you kind of hit the tunnel on the Hariusu Toge, there's climbing, again, this is climbing out of Otaru. So there's kind of immediately before the tunnel, there's a kind of utility shed. And if you walk past the shed into the forest, then head up the hill a little bit, you find these old broken stone steps in the forest. And then you walk up them and you'll come across a Tori gate, you know, the, the Shinto shrine gates. And there's a broken kind of stone pillar that says Kamui Jinja. The Kamui Shrine. And I'm wondering if this guy, Mizumi Jozan, had anything to do with the establishment of that shrine. Kind of a, a little bit of an interesting fact here about the shrine. There's no building there at all anymore. They're just these stones in the middle of the forest. And the reason it looks like why that got abandoned, because when they built that highway, uh, Route 5, when they built, when the completion of that road was finished in 1933, it looks like that old trail just got completely forgotten about. Nobody walked it. Nobody hiked it. Nobody, it just got completely forgotten about. So I guess maybe travelers heading over the Hariusu Mountain Pass would have stopped at that Kamui Shrine and, you know, said a prayer, said... Hey God, what's up? <laughs> am I gonna, am I gonna make it down the mountain? Okay, and but I get, so I guess once people just started driving over, it just got completely abandoned, forgotten about, left to rot. I I think that's what happened. I, but I couldn't find a lot of information about that Kamui Shrine at all. But doesn't that that sounds pretty accurate, doesn't it? I did read that there was an old trail that just kind of got left to waste after the completion of that uh, that road and that tunnel system in, in, in uh, 1933. But if you haven't checked it out, yeah, check out that Kamui Jinja. It's really cool looking, especially because it's just in the forest. 
There's nothing around it. The steps are all broken and old. There's deer tracks all over the place. It's, it's a really, really cool place to check out. Anyway, getting back to the Taiheizan Shrine, where we have our bicycle pilgrimage each year. So this dude, Mizumi Jozan, establishes this shrine. But this guy also walked his way all around the area. And he walks his way to what the area is now known as Jozanke. Go figure, right? That's his name, Jozan. Jozan K. The K in his name apparently means valley, so Jozan's valley, Jozanke. So he has some Ainu buddies, and they go down. They either show him or they discover it together, but they discover the hot springs. I'm, so I'm assuming they show him the, the hot springs in Jozanke. You know, he falls in love with it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Oh, the nice water. Oh, isn't this great? And he establishes the first Tojiba uh, spa, therapeutic spa. And he opens this Tojiba, this, this spa, and he's using it as a place of healing. So people from rounds about... <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny. Rounds about, eh? So, <laughs> he, uh, he establishes this spa, apparently also in 1866. He was a busy dude that year. And people from around the area come to this ascetic monk's spa to, to heal their bodies, heal their aches and pains in the nurturing waters of Jozanken. Jozanken? Jozanke? Sorry. And from there, that area, from that point in history, that area just keeps expanding the onsen hotels and on and on and on to what we have today, where, I mean, now, it's one of the most popular tourist spots in all of Hokkaido. I mean, people come from all over Asia for the hot springs. People come from all over Japan for the hot springs. And I just found out about this dude, Mizumi Jozan, uh, just this past week. And I thought, when I, when I first found this information, I was stupidly excited. Because I just found it so interesting that there's this history to this place that connects Jozanke to this little nothing shrine at this nowhere place, except for the Chinese tourists and the movie backdrop, in Asari. I mean, I just found it fascinating that there was this connection by this ascetic monk, this Buddhist monk who was practicing Shugendo, this guy's just hanging out in the woods, living a simple life, meditating, and he established this area called Jozanke that is one of the most famous places in all of Japan now. Or, well, well, yeah. It's definitely one of the most famous places in all of Hokkaido. I mean, it is a major, major tourist spot here. I mean, how many millions of people have been through there? There's a statue of uh, Mizumi Jozan in Jozanke. I think I've seen it before and never paid it any attention. But how many other millions of people have been through there 
walked past this statue and gone, oh, yeah, yeah, look at that. Oh, that's nice. Look at that old man with a beard. And just thought nothing of it. This is why I thought this was so fascinating. And I was really excited to, to have learned this information. I mean, why not learn as much about where we live? Why not learn as much about, you know, where my children were born? It's, um, Hokkaido has so much fascinating little things to it. If I mean, if you just stop and read the sign, you, you'll probably be surprised at, at what you're learning. It, it's, it's really, really cool. And the whole Shugendo thing, I mean, the, the mountain training and, and testing and living in the woods. I mean, I didn't know that back in the 1800s, I, I, the Meiji government made this kind of religion of Shugendo, made it illegal because it was bringing together uh, Shintoism and Buddhism, which for, I, I don't know why they didn't like, but they made this practice of Shugendo illegal. And it, it wasn't until after World War II that the, the new government made it not illegal. <laughs> made, it, made it okay to do, to, to be, to practice Shugendo again. Pretty cool. But again, that's part of this history that was at this tiny, tiny little shrine in, in Asadi. Fascinating. I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, maybe it's just me getting old. I think stuff like that's fascinating. But I, this past year, it's, in past years, we've been riding, I've been riding my bike to different places, which has been great. But over the past year, for sure, over the past couple of years, I mean, taking time to learn the actual history of these places has, it's, it's been a, a great education. And I've, I've just, it's been so much more enjoyable checking out all this stuff. <laughs> so Jozanke, who knew? Who knew the name actually came from this dude who was a hermit living in the woods? So much was this guy from Baizen province. Uh, sorry, what's it called? Okayama prefecture now. Super cool. But yeah, I wonder if he had anything to do with that Kamui shrine. I don't know. But yeah, so there we were. Said our prayers for the for the next year. We actually we might be going back um, this weekend. Another guy we, we like to ride with couldn't couldn't join us. He was too snowed in in his area of uh, town. So if he wants to go back, I I will definitely be into going back for that ride to. Uh, the Taiheizan Shrine in Asadi, especially now that learned a little bit more of the history and seen a little bit more of the movie shots that they've taken there, and you know watched Death Cab for Cuties video and uh, done a bit more research and seen a bit more of this and that. It makes these rides, it makes cycling Hokkaido that much more interesting for me, anyways. And I hope you guys are enjoying listening. You guys are enjoying listening to this. But yeah, cycling—it's uh, definitely coming to an end for us this year. I got out Tuesday, so so if it ends now, my last day will have been December fifth, 
As it stands right now, I'm at 8,174 kilometers for 2023, which has been fantastic. I mean, again, I've done more kilometers than this before, but this, I've never done anything near this amount of kilometers on a full schedule before. So super happy about it. So folks, again, even though I know Asari, when you think of Asari, you probably don't have the most exciting image in the world because I mean, nobody stops there. Oh, I, sorry, again, except for the Chinese Southeast Asian tourists, but it's not a place anybody stops because it's in between Sapporo and Otaru and people are either going to and from Sapporo or, or Otaru. Yes, people are at Asari Skijo, Asari Skijo, but so many times it's, I've got the mountain to myself there, especially if I hit it during a weekday, it's all mine. I, I love that, I love that. But again, the area, it's just not something people make a day trip of. It's not a place people stop at. And now that I've seen it with this different aspect of the history of that shrine and the history of Jozanke, how, how they're connected by uh, Mr. Jozan, just makes it a little bit more special to me. Not sure how many rides we've got left. It looks like there could be some snow coming this weekend, hopefully. Maybe I can get out for a Friday night ride, but uh, even night rides now, the temperature really drops and there are icy patches, so probably not a good idea. But hopefully over the coming months, over the winter months, hopefully I'll get some uh, guests to talk about some rides that they've done over uh, the past year, 2023. Um, and hopefully we've got lots more good stuff to come. All right, guys, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Have a great time out there. Love ya.